0: Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone. I'm Jonathan. With me once again is Amanda.
1: Hey, hey, Jonathan. Thanks for
0: coming back. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. All right, so deception colon murder in Hong Kong. It doesn't actually spell out the word colon, it's an actual colon. You know, the two There's dots. a colon. It's, it's fun. Yeah. That has really, really interesting game design DNA and mm-hmm. it. it seems to have a lot of really interesting influences. Um, some of the ones that uh, that are most obvious are social deduction games that have been hugely popular in yeah. recent years. A lot of people love those.
1: I would say, like, off the top of my head, it's, it's kind of one of those games that if you've played something like Resistance, mm-hmm. and you're kind of wondering, like, what could I do that's like that, but a little bit different? Sure. There's a lot of tells, I feel like, that it has to that. Like, you're on a team, um, there's a betrayer at the table, mm-hmm. uh, we have to try to sort of figure out who it is, and, um, and there's this idea of it's sort of like us versus them. And if you're playing with more people, then the betrayer will also get sort of uh, an assistant, if mm-hmm. you will. Because um, I don't think we talked about this last time, but uh, basically the the killer will also have an accomplice when you play with more people. Right. Um, and the accomplice can basically, all they're trying to do is make sure that the killer doesn't sort of get found out. And they know who the killer is, and the killer knows who their accomplice is. And so you're sort of trying to work together, and it's the idea of like in Werewolf, where if you have um, the
0: minions, right? The minions,
1: and the minions just make themselves look incriminating and get killed, (laughs) they still win with you at least you didn't get found out. They're just trying to protect you.
0: And when there's more players in Deception, it also adds uh, the Witness, right? Who's kind of like Merlin from the Resistance Avalon? Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. The Witness is uh, basically a character where at the end, let's say, uh, you know, the killer, uh, we figured out who they were. There's one way that they can still get away from us when we're playing with the Witness. And that is if they, the Witness knows who the killer is off the start of the game. Do they, but do they
0: know the uh, the clues, the, the red don't. and blue cards? They don't. They don't. They, all they know is who did it.
1: All they know is who did it. They saw them, mm-hmm. but they, they don't know exactly what happened. They right. just were there at the right time to sort of see this person coming from the murder. It's
0: kind of more interesting than Merlin in some ways. I then. mean,
1: it is a little bit. And the idea is that... Um, so you'd think, okay, well, the witness can just tell everybody. But the thing is, at the end of the game, the killer has this steal. So if we figure out who the killer is and there's a witness at the table, if the killer picks the witness amongst all of us and they're right then that's it, and we, we lose, and the killer gets away.
0: It's really neat, because it gives the killer a mystery to solve, as well. Yeah, They're not the only person at the table who's not trying to figure something out.
1: Yeah, which is another thing, too, that I like about Avalon, as well, I think, mm-hmm. because it takes sort of... Uh, something a little bit more basic like resistance and add some more fun elements to it and that's the thing that I really like about roles in social deduction games
0: yeah something unique about your place in the game yeah and uh, when you add uh, the more more players and the witness in uh, uh, in deception that come that gets come out yeah. uh, there's more as well obviously there's we made you know big joke about clue yeah. Monday. <laughs> but um, I think I mean it happens pretty frequently in my experience that people at the cafe will say we want a mystery game.
1: Yes. And yeah.
0: What they're really saying is, we want Clue. Yes. Because
1: that's nine the times, iconic. Exactly.
0: Mystery. Nine times out of ten, they've never played any other mystery games. Mm-hmm. They just know they like this thing about it, and they want more like that. And there are so few out there. I mean, yeah.
1: There's so few solve a mystery games. It's yeah. Bizarre.
0: There's Mr. Jack. Um, um.
1: Phantom of the Opera.
0: These are all two player games only. Yeah. Um, which is
1: great if someone comes in and wants Clue, but is only a group of two. Sure. But if you're, let's say, you know, you're a group of six, you want to play Clue. But you don't want to play Clue because you've right. played it a bunch, exactly. and you want to try something new. It's like, what can we give you?
0: We can uh, give you this.
1: We can give you this, um, and and we can lead you towards social deduction as a as a basically as a category because really when you're talking about mysteries you are talking about social deduction but the problem is with a lot of social deduction games they don't have this same skin as Clue Mm -hmm. they have their own like the only other one I would point people towards is Mysterium because Mysterium does have that ooh it's a mystery yeah who did it how did they do it
0: where did they do it exactly
1: and I think that Everyone likes trying to figure out that, and I think it also comes back to then you have a great story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also why a lot of people like games like Avalon. Yeah. You've got a story, and this game is great too because when you have the cards and you're, and you're trying to figure it out, it actually sort of makes you tell a story.
0: It's true; you get an emergent narrative that kind of arises from there. Yeah, you know, it's like here's a couple of random objects. Here's you know a, a book and a desk. Yeah. How did this murder happen? As regards to that, to and things? as
1: a, as a when someone's a, a murderer, uh, what I normally suggest to people at the table if they end up being the killer is to, with their cards, pick two things that are super different that you would never right. put together because it makes it a lot harder for everyone to, in their minds, be able to associate those two items.
0: Right. So it's you like know, live snake and. Rainstorm.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's like, okay, <laughs> live snake and rainstorm. Or like, you know, like, could be something like a saw and like, could be a toy. And sure. you're like, okay, no one's ever going to put those together. Because it really does make people create a narrative. And mm-hmm. it's really cool to hear that. And I think that, um, you know, aside from something from from something like maybe Snake Oil or some of those party games where we're sort of actually getting to interact a little more and paint a picture. Something like I Love Once Upon a Time, I love story games. Right. For me the story element to this game is is really, really neat.
0: Um, and even even the story of figuring out the story yeah, is kind of neat because you've got, not only have you got this murder that happened, you've got this group of people who are trying to figure it out. Yeah. And that leads to its own narrative. So it's never just the one. There's all these other things that keep arising on the basis of the suspicions people have about different players. Yes. It's great for people who love stories.
1: Yeah.
0: You mentioned uh, snake oil as well.
1: Yeah, I feel like, you know, when we're talking about uh a game where you have a few cards, you have to sort of put two together to create something. Yeah. It's it's it is kind of very snake-oily in a sense.
0: It is. And in, in snake-oil, the competition is basically to tell the best story, to make the best pitch for your weird product that you invented out of these two words.
1: Yeah, and that sounds exactly like deception, doesn't it? It
0: kind of does, except in the case of deception, the only person who's playing that game is the killer. The killer has to mm. put together the best story. Everybody else is trying to find what the right answer is. Yeah,
1: what the what the best story actually is.
0: But, what the, but what at the, the same time...
1: Is. Whoever is, like, I mean, I think a really good snake oil player would enjoy this game because as well, in a sense, if you really feel like you know what it is, as someone that plays something like that, you're going to be able to persuade people to whatever you think is the best.
0: You're going to be able to sell it the same way you sell your snake oil.
1: Exactly, because you kind of have to sell the, the who, the what, and the where, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Other things, um, and we've already mentioned Mysterium. The fact that you can't speak when you're the one who knows the solution—that's straight out of Mysterium. Straight and, out,
1: and and something like code names, or even—I mm-hmm. mean, there's even a bit of a hanabi feel to something like that because it's, it's true. this there idea restricted of
0: communication. You have to go on the basis of people's actions, not yeah. on the basis of any words, because they can't talk to you or
1: any expressions. It's another game where you're not really supposed to react. If I if I get it right as somebody, and I you know I think that uh that you did it, jonathan and i think you're the killer uh you know our forensic investigator isn't supposed to react at all to that they right. can't like smile or wink at me or something they're supposed to just sit there like a stone until i ask them the question when i throw in my badge
0: that's an interesting point like uh much like in hanabi or the grizzled or other mm. games where you're not allowed oh. to communicate in particular ways yeah uh if you don't stay poker face through the entire time or or, or code names you know that's you mentioned that as well um the the person who's giving the clues has to be careful to stay stone-faced the entire time because somebody's about to go to touch the wrong thing can't go "Mm -hmm." yeah
1: and I think that that's uh, I, I really like that Idea of control in games, where mm-hmm. you know it just tells us how much socially we give away. It's it's really interesting to to delve into, but it's um one of those things that if you do do that, it, it does ruin the game.
0: It does, it does wreck yeah. it because it's too easy. Uh, concept as a similar sort of thing, going where you're oh, putting totally. there's there's a whole board full of clues and you're putting little tokens on them to indicate what's there. But by the same token, you have to keep your tone of voice as flat as possible. there's was mm. only one word you're allowed to say in concept, and you need to keep everything as neutral as possible because yep. that's what you use to communicate
1: yep you can't really I mean I'm totally guilty of doing that in concept though that's one of those games where I can't if I'm trying to get people to get somewhere I constantly gesture and like nod and <laughs> oh that's such a stressful one it's a, it's kind of the same with Mysterium I mean thank <clears throat> goodness you have a screen and something like Mysterium right. because kind of
0: hide your face behind in it. a sense
1: you need it not even just to organize your stuff but yeah to hide back there because every time you hand out those cards it's so upsetting when someone goes to <laughs> completely different place. And it's the same thing with the, the bullets and the clues in this game, where you lay them all out and you kind of just wait to see what people think.
0: Right. And there's going to be that moment when somebody goes off in totally the wrong direction and you have to not wince and say, You
1: idiot, I can't believe yeah, So wrong. <laughs> yeah. Something.
0: There's another thing that uh, all these games that we're talking about have in common, mm. these things that are kind of influences on uh, deception between Mysterium and concept and code names and clue and all these other things. These other games, they're all really popular at board game cafes. Yeah, they are. And so Deception, in some ways, feels kind of like a best of all possible worlds. In theory, this should be something that will get a huge amount of play.
1: I agree. I think it's... You know, if you're someone that comes to the cafe, and any of these games are the things that you're like, oh my goodness, I really want to. I'm always so excited to come play it. What else can I play? This is definitely this is like the ultimate next step for you.
0: It really is because no matter which of those other games you've uh, you've played and loved before. You're going to be able to apply some of what you got out of those games here, so it's going to be easier for you to get into it, Mm -hmm. and there's going to be stuff in there that's immediately familiar and immediately enjoyable.
1: Yeah, and it's honestly one of those games that I haven't taught yet and had anyone dislike,
0: Mm. and
1: I mean, I've just... we've only had it for a little while, I've taught it maybe maybe 10 times. And I feel like everyone I've taught it to, when I come back, to like, oh, we're loving it so much. We're having so much fun. Even even when things don't go right, even when mistakes get made, it's still mm-hmm. an enjoyable game.
0: Yeah, this game came out a few years ago, and distribution was a bit rough. They didn't... Um, it, was, it was really hard for us to get hold of copies of it, mm-hmm. and that's why it was only recently we managed to get it. But yeah, ever since it arrived, it's been a smash. Oh, Yeah. So, obviously, not every, no game is for everyone. And uh, when we come back on Friday, we're going to get into a little deeper into it, some of the potential flies in the ointments and things that mm, maybe might be worth uh, considering. Talk to you then. <laughs>